Я Джеди Смис Диес. Вы слушаете Блейдалоджи подкаст. into it like we do every week welcome to another episode of the bladeology podcast in the year 2020 uh we are on with a special guest this week and we are for the first time back to our original host lineup uh this is the vocal representation of jeremiah burbank from pvk vegas this is nick chuprin of ncc knives and Elijah Aisham of Aisham Works making a return, hopefully. Nice. And who do we have on with us this week? Uh, we got Fernando Medina with Medina Custom Knives. Nice. Awesome. Okay, the Mighty Jalapeno. Aha. The Mighty Jalapeno. Very cool. Glad to, glad to have you on. Thanks for taking time to, to come chat with us. Oh, I'm honored, guys. Thank you. Absolutely. So um so tell us what are you what are you working on? Yeah. Uh, right now, let me see. I got a few things on the on the bench, but the most probably spiciest one would be uh 3V core Nichols Damascus with um some Damascus bolsters and I believe it's Westinghouse scales. It's a liner lock. Um oh, it's a one-off actually. It's a uh, Looks like a what are the, those talon blades? I don't know what they are. Hawkbill kind of one off thing. Oh, I did one for it's got, some, it's got some curvies going on. Yeah, I did one for the last Kentucky show, which was like I just it was like a whim thing. I just kind of threw it together, it came out really actually nice. Um, and the guy that bought it asked me if I'd make another one. I was like, sure. So I uh, lengthened out the blade because it was a little short in the other one and a little, just slightly bigger. So it should be more aesthetically pleasing, I guess you would say. Cool. Sounds sounds groovy. Good good materials with uh with some sharpness going on. I dig it. I dig it. Yep. Yep. Hawkbill. So not quite a uh, a talon like a karambit, just like in between. In between, yeah, exactly. Not, not. You still use it. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty sweet. It's paint the grind, but pretty sweet. Yeah, you know, um, I've been doing that horizontal grinding with the uh, with ten inch wheel for like uh, blades like that, and it's like super easy. Mm, I got you. Last time I did that, I was I was grinding a sword. Though it, it's actually pretty nice to grind that way until you stop. Like you have to be really careful not to slow down or, or to not get divots. Exactly. You get the divots. Uh, so you have to, because you only have that small, maybe half inch of contact. So you have to keep everything consistent, just like pressure even throughout. And if you mess up, you can definitely see the divots in there. Yeah. I know Mike Gavick grinds a lot of shit like that. Uh, yeah, actually, I, you know, I was supposed to, uh, reach out to him and ask him how he, he grinds, you know, those crazy swedges and stuff like that, but I just kind of figured it out, I guess. 
Yeah, it's pretty much why I spoke to them last time. It's pretty much that. That's why they all look like they're hand rubbed because the grit's already going that way. Right. He rides a lot of that stuff on the, on the horizontal. Right. Exactly. I haven't it's just tried that on my folders. It takes out a step, actually, because it's just like you got those horizontal lines going through it. Nice. Nice. Um, so. So tell us. Let's let's jump back a little bit and let's um let's build a timeline here. Uh, so how how did we get here? Where where did you uh where did you start this knife making journey? Oh man. So I guess we'll have to go back 20 I want to say 2012, 2013, somewhere around there where um I was really I you know, I've always been into guns and stuff like that. And so you're, you're into guns and then that's when social media started like really popping off. You know what I mean? And, uh, so you, you find out things like EDC, what's an EDC. And you're like, okay. So you find out what that is. And, and then you start seeing people carrying these knives and I'm like, well, okay, so I, I guess I need a knife. So back then, um, the ZT 300 series was the hotness, right? And so I'm like, man, ZT 300, what, what is that? So I, I, I Google it and I remember seeing it, it was like 300 bucks. And I said to myself, $300 for a pocket knife? Are you freaking kidding me? And uh, I was like, why? And then you sit there and. You, you, I ended up getting one, and I'm like, man, this thing's badass, you know. And uh, and then you just start going deeper and deeper into this this rabbit hole, and uh, so you start seeing these customs, and you know, in and I thought to myself, I'd never be able to afford a you know eight hundred thousand dollar custom back then. And then pimping knives was big, thanks to Jeff. Uh, tough thumbs you know and you you watch him on on his youtube and you see him doing those the zt300s and de-assisting them and all this other stuff and you're just like man that's the coolest thing ever you know so uh i was like i I wonder if i could you know make a scale because you know i i was broke back then dude I, i didn't have any money i was a new dad and and uh money was was super tight so i just figured i'd try my hand at modding some knives you know and uh so i did that tried doing that and that's um when i met you know really started talking to matt christensen you know and uh he he really like pushed me and helped me out because he was modding back then too and uh see so i did that for a few years and matt was doing that for a few years and then he went to blade show and then he came back and said he's gonna make his 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 first custom you know what year was this i think that was 2014 was his first one 21st or 2013 2014 because i remember when when uh matt started like getting real big yeah uh, I think it was 2013 or 2014. I remember 2014. It had to have been 2014. He went to Blade Show and and uh, I believe called- that's right because that was all of our first years. Because me, you, and Matt kind of all started within the same year. Yeah, 
Uh, I believe that's right because I think mine math we we both uh, met each other at Blade Channel. Both are like first year, and mine was also like 2014. Yeah, 2013. Yep. Matt went down there and then he called me and he goes, "Hey, I got somebody on the phone." And I'm like, "Who?" And it was Robert freaking Carter, the dude. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first first real knife maker I ever like. Man, and I was like starstruck, like holy crap, you know, fucking got to talk to Robert Carter. Like, so I'm yeah. freaking out, you know. I'm at I'm at work and I'm freaking out, and and Robert's all like, oh, you know, I just put my my uh, pants on one leg at a time, just like you. That's one of the first things he's told me, and I'm just like, man, that just the coolest guy ever. <laughs> yeah, and. uh just I just thought it was the coolest thing ever, you know. And uh so Matt came back that year, twenty fourteen, you know, and he he just busted out um a few of his knives and I just that was cool, you know, and he's like, Oh yeah, you gotta come. You gotta come to Blade Show. So I go to Blade Show twenty fifteen and it just kinda lit a fire under my ass, you know? I'm like, All right, I gotta do this. Just try to make a knife. And uh, so I get back, and it, by this time I was pretty well known for for pimping knives, you know. So I get back to uh, to Michigan and go to work, and I just told my boss, "Hey, I'm quitting." So I quit. <laughs> I quit my job. Okay. I, I never even made a knife, and I just like, yep, I'm quitting my job. So that was it. You were like, I'm doing this full in. Yeah, just balls in, wow. just balls deep, dude. Mm-hmm. Just like the biggest, yeah. just fear ever, just because you, you didn't know what was going to happen. And yeah, I, uh, I did the same nonsense. Except I was like, I, I quit, and like a week later, I moved. And at that time, I only made one folder, and I was half-assed. I was like, I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll just move and figure this out. Dude, I didn't even – I Matt was always there. Matt was always there. You know, he he helped me out. Like, you know, if I had a question, he, he was always there, you know. So Matt has a big, huge part of why I started making knives. Um, also uh, – Holy crap. Um, what's his name? David Clark. You guys remember him? Mm-hmm. All right. So he he, he oh, wanted to collab with me. And I remember we, those. Yeah. He is, so it was the expedition was the first one. And um, he's like, yeah, you can, you can do this. So I'm like, a folder, you know, that didn't ever make a custom anything. Except for scales, and then he's like, uh, "I did a few frame lock conversions for Emerson's, you know, so I kind of had a little gist of of how to make a you know folder." But he goes, "Yeah, let's let's do a a, a collab." So I'm like, "Okay, um, let's do it." But he did everything. He cut the 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 frames, shaped them, did the lock bar, the detents, you know, all that. So all I did was grind it and did the finish work. You know, I didn't know how to set a detent. I didn't know how long to cut the lock bar or, you know, even the geometry where to put a, a stop pin or, you know, stuff like that. I, I didn't know any of that because he, he did it. 
And um, yeah, so I, I, I didn't know, you know, and um, the way that he, that he did the geometry was the stop pin was the thumb stud, you know? So I just kind of copied that. And I, after we did those 10, I just kind of copied that geometry and I started making the, my fury um, folders, which were just big pieces of titanium and a piece of metal in the middle. There's, I, they were kind of turdish looking, you know, but that's an honest description. I'll make the fury now. No, I, you know, I I don't make the fury now. I I uh, discontinued that a few years ago. Um, but yeah, get with the times, you, Nick. Yeah, I I look at them and you know, I at the time I thought they were they were sweet looking. I thought they were cool back then. Now I see them now. I'm just like, man, I could could have done so much better but at the time you thought you were doing your best you know yeah that that's i just basically found all that stuff out by myself you know it's like okay the lock bar needs to be between two inch and two and a half for a certain you know blade length the three inch three and a half inch blade just you know and that's kind of stuff that I didn't know because I didn't really apprentice under anybody. So all the shit that I've found out, I had to find out the hard way. Um, but Matt was always there, you know, Matt was there to, you know, guide me, so to say. So I didn't realize. So, so Matt actually had a pretty integral part of your, of your formation. So to say Matt was huge. Yeah. So, it seems like in the in the early days or the, the early times. Um, so you were you were doing a fair amount of, of modifications then. So I mean, you you figured out uh, some frame lot. locks on Emerson's, which is yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so were you were you doing that like intensively, like per order, or you were just sort of you you were you were riding the wave on that and, and building, and and people would just buy it. Yeah, I was just riding the wave. Um, the frame locks on the Emerson's were really what. <laughs> Helped me like figure things out because Emerson's are very just simple. Um, there, there's like really nothing hard about them. Um, it's think of Emerson like a Glock, you know, just super simple, but they work. You know what I mean? Very minimal parts and just slap it together. So I remember you making those and the the, the whole pimper knife like intro to guys like you and Matt getting that never ever, like that never made any sense to me especially yeah. when you were making those frame locks I'm like that just seems harder to it make was. a lock side for a knife that's already made than just make it fresh and you assert your own geometries like I never I, I never went that route like a lot of guys did during that that generation of makers I think those three years a lot of people got into knife making through Jeff uh tough knives through his pimping and a lot of guys like oh I want to pimp some stuff that are usually inevitably lends, leads to knife making and there's this whole generation of knife makers that were brought on with that sort of fashion. I agree. And as I was getting knife making during that time, that never made any sense to me. Like I tried pimping out a knife and like just I was like, wait, like how do I sand these scales to the liners and the liners are coated and they're gonna be yeah, it was, it was, it was very hard. Especially like lining up the detent vol like frame lock to an existing blade. Like I can't even do that now. Like if I gotta do a new lock side, so well now with the CNC it's easier. But before I got the CNC, if I had to put a, make a new lock side for a blade, 
because like something happened with the lock or vice versa, I'll just make a new knife. That's easier than replacing one of those parts. See, that's, that's, the, thing, that's, that's the thing with, with modding is you learn how to fix those problems fast. Um, knife making for me is just solving a problem every single day. You know, how do I, all right, this happened. How do I fix this? You know, like, how do I make it work? It's, uh, and I, modding knives really, really helped me out with that. It's like, okay, why, why is this stop in here versus this one here? And why does this one have this like lock rock? Um, and this one doesn't, you know, it's all geometry that stuff that you learn doing that. It makes, it makes a lot of sense. Also, I mean, given, um, given the cost involved with, with knife modding, I'm not saying like, if you fuck it up, it's cheap, but it's cheaper than like messing up like a three V core blade. Um, yeah. you know, you can, you can redo it and you can, yeah, it actually makes a lot of sense. You can teach yourself a lot about mechanics right. on a relatively cheap knife. Um, and that, that, that makes sense for a lot of people getting into making, um, they go through that path because it's, it's, it's right in front of them. They look at the knife they have and they go, oh, how do I make this cooler? How do I make this something I want that it isn't currently? Right. It's just, you know, customized, just like, you know, when you buy a Glock, everybody wants a different trigger, different sights, different stippled frame, magwell, all this other stuff. It's just the same thing, you know? Yeah. So when you were when you were modding stuff, I mean, is that what was, what was the first piece of equipment you really like took a deep breath on? Like it was like a Grizzly or did you go to like the Harbor Harbor Freight and you were like, OK, I'm going to buy this grinder. Or did you sort of slowly, slowly build up an inventory of of machines? Oh, uh, uh, so when I was uh, modding, I did um, <clears throat> everything Definitely on a one by one by 30. by 30. Yeah, one by 30 thing. Just crappy. That thing is just. We've all had that thing for forty dollars. You can't beat it to get going. <laughs> it made me so much money. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it also broke so much of my dreams and hopes. That it did. That's take to make a knife with one of those. One of them. One of them that I had. It would shock me every single time I'd use it. Nice. I, I had the same thing with mine. I had to figure out like the ground wires were like <laughs> off. Oh, I didn't care. I just kept using it. That shocking at all. Forty bucks. Yep, exactly. I remember buying my first uh, real two by seventy two, which was a uh, Wilmot Tag one hundred and one or Tag something. I remember when you bought that the Tag one hundred and one. I was jealous of shit, dude. Man. Was, uh, like three grand and i was like uh because at that time i just bought a mill and i had like uh i had a, a fear grinder which i think you had one of those two no i never had a fear somebody who was, uh, it was somebody else that got a fear and i looked at it i was like man that's janky yeah it was like that was like 1200 bucks yeah and like i made a lot of modifications to it but like i bought that on the mill and then you bought the wilmot and i was looking at that thing i was like oh that's so cool <laughs> I, yep and i remember uh naming her cinnamon just a oh, stripper wow. name. Right. <laughs> you, got, you, you like name all your stuff after stripper name. Yeah. <laughs> my, yeah. That's custom my, right there. My mill is glitter. <laughs> oh, okay. So all right. I see you. I see you. All right. Pretty, uh, uh, they make me money. <laughs> right? Damn. Well, okay. he started like strutting around. Game, so he, you got to run that thing strong. 
Yep. Start yep. that like strutting around with like a cane and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, dude, I got that Wilmot dude. I was like, holy crap! Like, how was I even doing anything with the one by thirty? Because that thing would the, the Wilmot would just hog anything out, just just tear through everything, and it was quieter than my one by thirty. That little one one by thirty sounded like a damn two stroke motorbike. Just yeah, once you put that first belt on there and you start grinding and like you realize that you actually can't stop the belt. Yeah. And that's when I'm like, oh, this is this is this is this is a game changer now. This is the bee's knees, you know. And I, I remember he was like, Yeah, do you want the one and a half horsepower or the two the two horsepower? I'm like, what's the price difference? And he told me, I'm like, man, whatever, just give me the two horse. Do you know? You want 32 ounce of the large. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, have you uh, or Nick ever used a uh, TW90 with the uh, mowing platen? Dude, I yeah. want that. That'll be my next. Like, Nick, have you tried one? I, out? I've used it. I just, it's so hard to justify because the platen costs more than the grinder does. Yeah. The platen's like three grand. The grinder's like three grand. Yeah, that's the only experience I have with a grinder at all at John's shop. So I don't know. But yeah, John I mean, has, like for me, I was like, oh, should I get it? But it's like, am I going to really spend $3,200 for a platter that just grinds the tip of my Tanto? It was nice yeah. all for that. But it's a lot of money to justify. I, I don't think I, that I can't justify that. That's just, yeah, just, it's a lot of money, but I mean, it is nice. It's like, no, it's I, nice and smooth. Travis is like works. a genius when it comes to designing stuff. Mm-hmm. There's another guy that's making the rotary platen like that with a support. He just came out with that. It. It's like under a grand. It's just the actual. Platen. They're doing uh, wheels. I think they're going to do a ten inch wheel or an eight inch. Yeah, but that's not so. That, that's wheels already have rubber on them. They don't really need that effect. But there's another guy who's making American rotary. I think. Okay. That's like it's like under a grand, and it's pretty much the same thing. It doesn't have that whole cooling feature. I don't know how much that, how important that is, but for me, I'm not trying to hog off with the platen. I don't want it for hogging. I want it for clean finishes. So I don't really yeah, think exactly. I need the whole grand system. Yeah, which is pretty cool and all, but like again, justifying three grand for the platen or like two. Like right now, I have one Uber grinder, and then I have two of these cheap five hundred dollar grinders. Uh, that run off the same like dual motor that has two spindles on it and one VFD, and it's just dedicated. So one of those grinders does my my tanto tips, and one does my swedges, and then the Uber hollow grinds. And like I'm like those grinders cost me five hundred dollars a piece, and they're great. Like I, if I was limited on space, yeah, I'd want one crazy grinder that did everything. Yeah, but I have space. I like dedicated tools, so I would rather buy cheaper ones and just dedicate them. But I keep yeah. looking at that attachment. I'm like three grinds a lot. Yeah, that's that's too much for me. All that stuff is built great, like all all of Moen's yeah. jigs and all the hardcore stuff he's doing. It's built so nice, but like to a certain point, it's like it's a it's a grinding jig. I'm gonna destroy the shit out of it. Like it doesn't have to be finished that's clean, that cleanly. Like, I'm, Agre- I'm fine with just the water jet, like edge or something like that. Agreed. To say what's the cost. Yeah, I, I don't I don't water jet. <clears throat> you just so do I mean, uh, stock removal straight from a piece yeah. of uh, steel and tie. I just cut everything out on my you know bandsaw and bandsaw. grind away fuck yeah that's the way to do it oh, that's, okay that's the only way uh i i really i don't i don't know if you guys if you can look at my earlier hellcats and you can look at a hellcat now they've changed drastically and i feel like 
the only way you can do that organically is doing it by hand. Um, just little changes here and there. You know, if you if you have five hundred blades already cut, they're all going to be just the same. You know what I mean? <laughs> you also probably have a better connection to the piece too by doing it that way. It's a pain in the ass too. Yeah, you know, like what's what you're dealing with, right? I mean, nothing. Nick's got a you know press a button, and then the knife is just like shot out of like a like a receiver. I can never, I can, I can never talk shit about a CNC maker because I can't go to his shop and make a knife. I press that button, like a finger doesn't come out. So many people say that like one's easier than the other. Like, no, they're both fucking like crazy hard. Uh, CNC life making is harder. Both they're both hard. I can't. I can't. Like I can't yeah. go to your shop and then type in all the codes. I can't make a vice or a jig. I can't. You know. I they're, entirely. I, yeah, different skill set being used. Yeah, exactly. Same shit, which is actually exactly. let me rephrase that. CNC knife making from a person who learned to CNC because of knife making is harder. If the guys that like CNC for years against knife making, it's another story. But like I was a pretty much a knife maker like you for about four or five years. And I was like, you know what? If I'm really serious about full time, I'll go CNC, and then I have to learn how to CNC because of knife making. So, like, right. all my methods. If you were a natural work. machinist, right? Yeah, but I'm, if I'm you, just if a you were machining it, things you know. for like decades, yeah, you're just, you're just like playing around with that thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm just born out like, of uh, cooling. Make it make it work essentially. Yeah, I would talk to Nick and just you know, I would ask him a question. He just goes off on a little tangent and I'm like, what the fuck? How, how is this guy even doing anything? Like how I, I, I don't, your learning curve is so small. You learn so fast. It's insane. Oh, show. I really, I have this other guy who works in my shop. He takes care of everything. Oh, your dad smoking <laughs> mirrors, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, it's a smoking mirror. Another Russian in there. That's what it is. Dude. It, Pair it, it, of Russians. <laughs> I've known Nick for years, you know, and it's every single time I talk to him, it's just, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this and just this, this. And I'm like, what? You know, it boggles my mind. And next thing you know, he's doing it. I'm just like, okay. It, just, it boggles my mind, too, because I know, oh yeah, you know, who he is. Like, we're probably right, exactly. the same person because, you know, <laughs> he's lazy as shit. And, like, how he gets this shit oh, done is a miracle. Elijah, you shouldn't be talking. You woke up an hour wow. ago. It's 10 o'clock. <laughs> Nick, I've seen you, like... In bed all day long, <laughs> like, but still you so, get shit done. That's my big time, Fernando. Got- when you when you met Nick, was he hacking the elections then, or is that that's a more recent thing for him? Um, you know, as a Russian, as you know, what I, I I didn't know he was Russian back then, so mm. I, it, it was cool. But all part now, of the cover, yeah, exactly. Just smoking. It was cool. He found that was a Russian Jew, and he's like, "Oh, this guy is sketchy. I should stay clear. I have a family. Yeah, this guy's never, a sketchy dude." It's just oh, funny because every show we end up like hanging out. Like, what the fuck? How did how'd you get here? <laughs> no, this, this metal box. I say that every it time is. myself. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, all right. So let's see. So you you've always have you always been in the more in the more handmade category? Um, I know you said before that you might have had a mill, but I think you didn't mean a a CNC mill. You meant like a manual mill. Yeah, I got a manual mill. Okay. 
So when did you when when was the uh, when was the transfer? You so you got your grinder. Yeah. You upgraded to a serious grinder, yep. and then you were like at a point you were like, okay, this drill press is just not doing it. I need <laughs> yeah, something I, else. I remember, I, he, yeah, cinnamon, exactly. And cinnamon recruited glitter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I had a few of the, the drill presses, and I'm like, yeah. Next year, I'm like, yeah, I kind of, I need a, I need a mill. You know, in telling my wife, and she's like, "Okay, well, how much is that?" And I remember picking one out, and well, I also need this, you know, the collets, and then well, I need the end mills, you know, the the little pieces too. And she's like, "God damn it, you know, all these little pieces just to make one thing work." And it's like, ah, oh. you know, and then twenty five dollars uh, Amazon Prime, no problem. Oh my gosh, this is ah. Uh. Oh, and then you know, the, you see how you need health insurance. Yeah, and then you order. You have to figure out the your next thing was. Oh, I need a heat treat oven. It's like, oh god, you know. Um, for the longest time, I was working off a little cheap uh, oven that I got from Amazon. Um, it's only like six inch deep, you know, which is perfect for folders. It was a rapid it's, kill. It's only five hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, I bought one of those. Like, it almost killed me two days later, and I said no. Oh, really? Exploded? Yeah, the, out, the outside was the same temperature as the inside, which is oh, not no right. So you're glowing yeah, furnace in the corner? I turned that on, and I walked away, and I came back, and the outside metal casing is red hot. And I'm like, oh, that's not right. Dude, mine, mine is running like a champ. I still have the one I had from, like, four years ago. Uh, the reviews are bad on it. And I was like, you know what? It's 500 bucks. Amazon, like, I always return it. I'll just take my chances with it. First time I fired it up, the outside turned red hot. And I was like, nope, nope. Oh, that's that's definitely crazy. Not right. That's crazy. Mine's still kicking, dude. It's just, I think the little CPU, that little, uh, that little timer went out. And they sent me a new one. It was like 25 bucks. I slapped it in there. Still works great. I use it for, like, tempering now. Yeah, it's like it's like a ceramic block with metal foil around it and a computer yeah. CPU fan on the bottom of it. Yep, yep. Like, no, that's, that's the Now I got an even heat that's like uh, I think twenty one inch, huge. I'm like, why did I go this big? But I, one of my knife goals is to make a machete. Machete goals. Yeah, just I, I think the, the Mexican side. <laughs> Just wants that. Well, well, just wants that fucking it's that the slasher. Because the ones that I made were, were were based off of Jewish slaughter knives that turn into a machete. Uh, do you guys remember Jason Dietz? Alex Dietz or Jason? Or Alex, 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 Jason. Alex. Oh, yeah, Alex. Alex Dietz. Alex oh, yeah. Dietz. Yeah. Fuck so he sent me. He, oh damn. He owes me a lot. <laughs> Shit. Anyways, hey, you don't owe me nothing, but uh, he sent me a uh, Jake Hoback um, machete that that Jake had, had made, and it was thick. It was a uh, made out of CPM one fifty four, or yeah, CPM one fifty four, or no, one fifty four CM because it was before CPM, and it was this big quarter inch stock, you know, just hog, and uh, he's he sent it to me. He's like, yeah, try it out. So I, I get it, and I'm like, man, this thing's a beast. And I live on the farm, so I I go out in the in the woods, and I'm just chopping things down, just, just things that don't even need to be chopped. I'm just chopping away. <laughs> and this was before my knife making thing, you know. And uh, I told myself, yep, 
I got to make one of these. So I have to make one of those, you know, one day soon. Freaking machete. Damn thing was huge. I mean, get it, get it done. Why the heck not? So that's, that's a good, that's a good segue. So right now you're, you're primarily making folders, yeah. right? Yep. Um, where do you, where do you stand on the lineage of, of mechanisms and styles, fixed blades? What else? Anything that you're craving to make that you haven't made yet? Um, Other than the machete, obviously. I, you know, I, I'm gonna do a few kitchen knives, um, just to see if I could do it because I heard it's a pain in the dick. To uh, fun. to grind, just you guys start with a thin stock and you know grind away and they heat up really fast. So I don't know. I want to do that. Um, I gotta make my machete here. I gotta. That's one of the things I gotta do. Um, I kind of want to make a, uh, a. I'm really into like the Japanese traditions and stuff like that. Um, so I want to make a Japanese style fixed blade. You know, eighteen inch maybe. I don't know what the norm is. I'd have to look it up. You know, those ones where they commit their suicide with. I forget what they're called. Oh, Harry Carey knife. Yes, I want to make one of those. Well, it's like a sh- almost a short sword. Maybe it's like a tanto, like in the <coughs> no, so essentially inch there's a katana, variety? there's a wakatachi, and then there's one more that's shorter, and that's there's the one the shortest that's one. The, yeah, I, I that's made a the tanto. <laughs> Yeah, I kind of want to make one of those. Um, A wakasashi? Yeah. That would be pretty sick. Especially with your grind on there. You know. um, Everybody says that. Uh, Everybody says my grind. You can tell it's yours. It's it's weird. I I see. That was one of the things I was always nervous about first making knives is trying to find a signature. Mm-hmm. That's definitely you know, your signature, and I never knew. I was like, "What? What is going to be my signature?" And I remember grinding. Grinding was so hard for me. And I talked to some, like Robert Carter. He's like, "Oh, just do it." I'm like, "What do you mean, just do it? You can't just do it, you know." Bro, just Nike that shit. Get yeah, in there. That's what that's that's if Robert. If you know Robert, he's just like, just just do it. It's not hard. Well, just, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get that myself until it's like, oh shit. It's called a plunge for a reason. You kind of got to just take the plunge, just get in there and go for it. Yeah, the the plunge is hard though, man. The plunge is oh, is, yeah. is getting that correctly and then matching them up, and it's it's hard. Got to build up that muscle memory. Yeah, exactly. And and just go for it. After a while, yeah, you get it. And then, mm-hmm. um, I was always worried what 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 could be my signature. What's my signature? And I never knew that it would be my grind. Never in a million years would I thought it would be. How I grind. Yeah. You have the utmost respect for anybody who can freehand hollow grind. People and say that's that all- flat or hollows, whatever, but like to me, it seems like hollow would be harder. Yeah. Um, for me now, because I just do hollow, flat grinding is hard. Um, just because I imagine not- hollow is easier after a point. But getting to that point is a little difficult. Getting to the point where you know the the wheel actually holds that the blade in, um, is hard. It's a lot, yeah. Um, but flat grinding to me is weird, and then just I so I hollow grind everything. Um, not that I I find one better than the other. Um, just 
it's by preference, I guess. I know, or, uh, with a jig. Yeah. I so I jig. Um, I do jig the wedges just because if I grind the right? blade, huh? Why not? Yeah. Yeah, I just to just the wedge for me is because it's so small. I just don't want to f- mess up the the um, the blade. Whereas the main bevel, it's more forgiving, you know. Whereas yeah, you're grinding I, I something still, small. I still never really learned how to do a, a good freehand swedge. I've always used the jig. Well, I never really used the jig for the swedges. I just tilt my work rest to 60, 60 or seventy degrees. But uh, oh, okay. The little bevels like that, they're just hard as shit. Yes, I like, agree. the same plane every time. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's crazy. Um, never would have thought. You, you'd think that you're removing a small amount. It'd be easier to do, but no, it's way harder. <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't ever refine it. It's not, it's not like a science, really. I mean, it is when you go into CNC and shit, but you're just kind of like carving away at a piece of metal. Yeah, you know, you know some play. some people would be like, "Oh, can you can you grind it the way you ground this blade?" And I'd be like, oh, "I'll try, but I can't replicate it because uh, a lot of times I just kind of go into it and I see where it leads me, you know, where I end up, kind of thing." I stopped grinding. I've ground over a thousand blades, and it's every time I got to go grind the blade, I'm like, oh, "God damn it!" Yeah, me too. So every time I was like, uh, and like I'll I'll go find the other things around the shop to do to keep like to like procrastinate and postpone it every time. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, I gotta grind ten in one sitting. God damn it! I oh, can't like, do that. CNC. Yeah, yeah, I gotta go do that. I can't grind more than if I have to do more than three blades. I I I won't do it. Um, I just start getting. And uh, I, I don't know how do you, how do you say. Um, I don't know if the, after the after the third one, I'm just like I'm spent. I'm done. Joke I can't. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's how I used to be, and I was like, you know, then I started working in batches of 12, 10 to twelve. So mm-hmm. now it's like I'll just sit there and grind all day, like in, for the week. Like I'll dedicate this day. Okay, and this, this like Thursday is gonna suck. It's gonna be morning tonight. Just grind everything, dirty as shit. Like just get it done. Yeah, well, it's like a that's the idea of like a batch grind. Like you just set them all aside, and then you, you just do it. Yeah, pretty much. I set up all the grinders, and I just go to fucking town, and I go home, and I hate myself for about two days because my hands cramp up and the shoulders cramp up. See, it's not that. It's just I, I, after three blades, I feel like uh, I, I, be, I become stupid as shit, and I forget how to grind, and I start doing stupid mistakes, and then that's how I ruin them. Oh, uh, see, I'm the other way around. After three, so I'm grinding ten blades, like blade four to ten, or. The, the best because after i get into a rhythm it's it's the f- first three that's like oh god i hate this and after that it's like, okay let, i'm in it let, let's get these done it's just I'm, the start that I'm opposite man i the first one is great second one just as good third one okay you know done that's it you know i i won't do again until i mean next. that's like that spark of originality like you you stumble upon something and it's like it works so well and you're pumped and then you dive into something else and you're like oh maybe i can get like a little bit of that greatness out of the second one i mean that's that that applies to a lot of creative um ideals in general which is like you just happen upon something and they're like damn i wish i could just do that again and it's not always you just can't always do it like we've heard other makers say that where it's like can you just grind exactly like that And it's like bro 
that was like a magical grind. Like Nick tells that story all the time about the about the Voorhees he has. And Les is like, I don't know that I can actually do that again. That was like a that was a one time magic thing. Like you exactly. should be happy that exists. Yeah. And 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 I try to um you know, I'll try it and then it won't be the exact same. It won't even be to me, it won't even be close, you know. Uh, I'm just Oh, do you want an angled angled ride? Okay, sure. I it won't be the same height. It won't be, you know, can't I won't have the same plunge that it, that one had. Maybe the tip will be slightly different. It, it, everything plays in. It, even each piece of steel that you play with has a mind of its own. See, you I, know? see, see for the, for me these days I've the problem is like I've made the MK1 so many times now. I'm tired of it. I want to do something else, but my, mine are usually always the same at this point. They're like, oh, can I, can you, they'll show me a picture of another maker's knife. I'm like, can you do this on that? I'm like, you can go buy that knife. Like, I grind it like this. Like, I, I, I mathematically know, like, I do the geometry and I figure out mathematically all my grind heights and everything. See, and that's, that's how the, I, I, they're always usually the same because I've, I've done the math for them <laughs> and before that, I even made the design. That's the, that's the thing that, you know, we can go back to where I, you know, I'd call you up and, I talked to you and you just like, yeah, I mathematically did this, this and this. And I feel like a dumbass because I'm over here just doing it free balling it, you know, each time. And you're like, Oh yeah. If you got this with the thickness of a blade, you can grind this high. And I'm like, what? And I just go in there. There used to be a website out that did the math for you. And it was, I don't know who built the site. It was literally hollowgrindcalculator.com. Yeah, it was and a there was an app too. Well, that was for flat grinding. The app still exists, but the hollow no. grind calculator. Oh, there no, is. No, there was a yeah, there was a hollow grind calculator. I need to find it because now I, I run the I have the formula and I do the math myself. But it used to, used to remember like what what size wheel are you using? How thick is your stock? What do you want yeah. your edge thickness to be? Yeah, and I'll tell you how high the grind is. Yeah, and for me, like I'll, I'll I, the website's not there anymore, so I I just kind of figure out the formula myself. And now I'll do the math and I'll visually be able to do it in CAD and see what it looks like. And I'm like, cool, this design will have this kind of grind. And I'll figure out what my grinder and my jigs to do all the nonsense. And, and I'll make dedicated setups for it. So that's why it's like the grind is usually this it's 90% the same or so. If it's not, it's usually because I messed up and I'll reorientate it and, and grind it a little higher or do something a little different to it. See, exactly. Like I just like what? All all that nonsense you just said, I'm like mm. all all that garbage you just spat out. I have no idea where I am. <laughs> I mean, to be fair though, I think anybody would say, even Nick. I mean, like the essential concept behind having a machine like that is so you can repeat things easily and do them over and over again. Yep. It's, yep. You, I, I mean, a lot a lot of people do use it for other things, but it's not it's not for doing one offs. It's for doing repetitive exactly. stuff. Yeah, yeah, so now I don't actually – I don't do production scale stuff. So, like, even me, I have, like, six handle patterns for that one model, at, minim- at minimum six. And then even then, I alternate them every couple times. And I, there are guys, like, I, I'd love – I'd love – I'd fucking love to do that. Like, for example, uh, Koenig, knives are great, but, like, he has the set patterns and he just makes a bunch of that pattern. And so he not to, like, I'd love to do that, which I'm – I'm going to be doing stuff like that now, like feel more feel great stuff. It's where like this design will have this handle pattern. I'm going to make a hundred of them with that handle pattern. And then it's great. Like I, I did the work uh, and then I could run those and then I have to sit down and do CAD work again. But like the full customs, 
I'll, I'll sit there, spend a few hours coming up with one handle pattern. I might do it 10 times. I'm like, okay, that one's done. I'll go to the next one. And it's like, it would have been easier just for 10 of them just to do it on a manual mill. I don't have a manual mill anymore, so I have to program all of it. Koenig makes some some great stuff. Bill Bill's a, Bill's a good dude. Yeah, those ones are killer. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, so, so, Fernando, so when did you like really realize, like, I, obviously you were full time for some time, but at, at what point were you like, okay, like, this, this, this is the shit. This is going to be my career for life. Like, for me, for example, it was my first Blade show. Like, when I came home after Blade show, I was like, okay, like, this is starting to come together. Like, at what point to you were like, okay, like, I've done this full time for a little bit. And at a certain point, you're like, okay, like, this is going to be it. Like, this is uh, real. So, this is real. Because obviously, when you go full time, that first year is still like, uh, hopefully, like, I'm maintaining it. First year sucked. Second year sucked. Third year. So, I started. Uh, 2017 or, or 16 2017 was probably the time that's when you know i started i was the hellcat was was the hellcat is my staples my bread and butter you know i i thought about discontinuing it but then i'm like this too it's 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 just it's a for me it's a timeless design it's kind of future it's not it's modern but i feel like it's kind of it's classic too. Um, it just has great lines. Uh, I feel so. I just I'm gonna make it until I guess I'm tired of it. Um, I know what you mean. Every time I speak to Jeremiah, every six months, like I'm retiring the MK1. This is the last three on my bench. Oh, you told later. me that like three years in a row. Yeah, two weeks later, I have like parts for seventy five more on my bench. <laughs> it's yep. like fuck. Yep, like that water jet fiasco you had. Um, oh yeah, I got like 120 sets of parts for half. <laughs> That's a, that was the first time I was like, I'm done, and then oh, I have all these parts. Like, uh, I guess I have to make it again. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, like hot. It haunts you, and just keep doing it. Yeah, you know, and and um. So yeah, after like 2017, you know, you start making different um, models and stuff like that, and um, for me. Uh, designing knives is is pretty hard. Um, you 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 know you don't want to be influenced by anybody else. Um, so trying to make something original is it's freaking amazingly hard. You know uh, that's where Elijah comes in with his you know crazy designs and stuff like that, uh, which I feel like are very original. Um, well, thank you. But. It, it for me creating a a knife is it's hard. So if I'm if I pull out one or two new models, you know, every few years, I'm I feel like I'm doing good, you know. Um. So yeah, the the models I have now I feel like are pretty pretty good. Um. Everybody keeps telling me I should make like a thinner style knife, and for the life of me, I I, I can't I can't do it. I was gonna say you should you should like try your hand at it like a thinner kind of like gentleman I've, style. I've tried and every single time I, I I I make it something messes up and I just throw it away. I'm like nah, fuck it, can't do it. Yeah, I, know what I mean that's what I that's the recent design that I made. Well, it's not recent. The recent one that I pulled out I was like this is gonna be the next one. It's like super slim, very minimalistic. It's like this is as much knife as it, as you need. Yeah. You know, I but, do want to make a gentlemanly one. It's just, just for me. It's just I, I 
it's not your style. You can't do it. You do the wide stuff, and that's people I like them by your knife. That reason, I tell people all the time, they want me to do this. I'm like, "Eh, it's not my style. There's probably a better maker out there for you. Yeah, and I, I have lots of people ask me, "Can you make a thinner one?" It's just, it's not in my physical ability to do it. I don't know why. You know, it's it's easy. Just don't use as much material. You know, (laughs) but it just to me, I look at it. I'm like, this looks like complete dog shit. So I won't do it. For example, that wonderful email that I know you've had because I get it every I get it at least once a month. Hey, man, I love your knives. They're beautiful. I'd love to get one. Can it just be a half inch longer, quarter inch thinner, thinner blade stock and like remove the tanto and this? I'm like, so you want a different knife? Gotcha. I'm like, yeah. OK, yeah. <laughs> hey, you like, want a knife by what? some other maker? Yep. My favorite ones are the ones where where they're the sympathy party ones. Would really like to get one of your knives, but you know, would it be all right if you donated one? I'm like, what? Uh, I got a recurring email every six months. Uh, yeah, same, we were like, just talking about this. I got one too. Like, yeah, the same it's guy. Like, oh, uh, you, you get this guy. He's definitely a scammer. We, we talk about it in a lot of life. <laughs> He's like, hey, man, I've been sober for a year and a half now, and I really need uh, a memento to yeah. remind me of my riot. Yeah, okay, we all get yep. that guy, different aliases. Yep, I've got I that one. Actually, three weeks ago. Like, I don't know if it's like a troll or if it's like an actual person. No, nah, oh, we yeah. all talk about a life-making community. So the guy hits us up every few months with different names, and it's always the same story where it's like, I've been sober. I really love to get something of your work, and like, I really appreciate it. If you could donate one, that'll be on me forever. And it'll be my yep. moment, my, my moment, like my, my token term, my, my Friday. Yep. That's, that's like, what you want something that bad. You would think that you could like, you know, appreciate the person who made it and like give them monies. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. I, I, I don't respond to that guy once in a while. I'll, I'll, I'll troll him. But Rob loves to troll that guy. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. <laughs> you probably like yeah. goes back and forth of them and shit. Robert Carter, mm-hmm. yeah, that guy's like freaking just crazy. <laughs> Rob, he's another one that just like when I met him at Blade Show 2015, he was just a nut, you know. And he told me something that will always and forever stick with me. He told me, "I'll stomp a mud hole in your ass and walk it dry." And he was, you know, and walk you dry. Yeah, this I'll stomp a mud hole in your ass and walk it dry. And I said, "What?" It. (laughs) First of all, I have no idea what you're talking about. Second of all, what the hell? And and he's like, he's like, oh yeah, it's just immediately. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I'm used to it. I've lived with him for a month at a time, and I've been around his family. I'm like, oh, you guys, you guys all talking riddles. I gotcha. Yeah. You guys all talking like Southeast Texas riddles. Okay, yeah. Started to figure was, them out after a rollout. Yeah, that was when he was making those uh, nocturnal folders for that nocturnal. I think it was. It's it's escaping my mind right now, but yeah, he was making those, and then he also told me it's tighter than a gnat's ass stretched over a coke bottle. Holy Christ. That's great. Yeah, it's like... I've never heard anything from him. He doesn't <laughs> so, do it as much as he is. When I first met Rob, he used to say some weird nonsense, though. 
He doesn't say it as much these days. But back then, yeah, he used to say some nonsense. And then when I met his grandpa and his father, I was like, oh, this makes so much more sense. <laughs> like you saw, like you saw the thoughts like coming to life, and you're like, oh, okay, I get yeah, it. I, I see where this is born. I was on the other side of the veil. I was like, oh, I see where all this comes from now. This makes so much more sense. Okay. Okay. So now I have a conversation with Mel Pardew. And you're like, oh, okay. I got, I got like oh, okay. every third word you said, and I'll just put it together. <laughs> yeah, you try to stick it together. You're like, what? You kind of got the gist of it. Smile and nod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all you can do, you know? It's like, what? <laughs> so, Fernando, you, um, we, we hung out most recently at the, um, at the Kentucky show. How, how did you get wrapped up, uh, with those guys? Uh, dude, um, Chris Flanagan, he's just, he's just, uh, how can I, how, how can I describe him to me? Uh, he, for me, he is ah, he's like one of the best men I've ever met uh yeah he is he's very just give you the shirt off his back kind of guy uh he's just he's uh for lack of a better word just amazing man seriously um He's just great. Um, so he 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 contacted me and said, "Do you want to do our show?" And I and uh, I was like, "What show?" I didn't know you had a show, and I heard about the Kentucky get together, you know, that they used to do back in the day. I didn't know it was a legit show. Him and Scott Cottingham put together. Um. Uh. So. Scott also he's just he's amazing too. He's those guys just down south are just awesome. But uh, they contacted me asking me if I wanted to do the show, and I was like, sure. You know, I I, I didn't have any idea, but there's a few other makers that I talked to. They were like, yeah, super chilled and easy going. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And it's my favorite show, like hands down. I have the most fun there. They they take care of the 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 makers. Um, it's what four hours, right? About yeah, it's about yeah. four hours. It's like six. It's a four hour show, and just you have a ball, and it's a party up until that day, and then next day everybody just parties again. It's just a if every show could be like that, it'd be perfect. I feel like be a special place yeah yeah i mean because it's so personal you can you know really talk to people it's almost as if like someone else needs to step up and create one of those shows to end all the rest yep yep (laughs) i love that show man I, i actually my wife looks forward to it and the kids look forward to it it's just it it's a good show i can't do blade show man I think my last play show was 2017. Uh, I, 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 this was the first year. Well, last year was the first year where I really truly exhibited at my own. Like Elijah was with me there, but it was really like that. that I got that booth to Chris. Uh, but it was the first time where it was like I have my, like a full lineup. I had 18 folders with me, and it was fun. But I was like, it was it was a lot. 
Dude, every show is so stressful, man. It's just yeah. Well, last year we, we did together. We did eleven shows. That's too much, man. That's yeah, crazy. Never, never, never again. Fourteen, maybe. Or maybe it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know. It was, it was. It was a blast. I had a great time. It, it was fun. But like they're not knife makers. They don't get it. Jeremiah <laughs> yeah, just rolls in and buys stuff. Elijah's just like, I'm just gonna show up, and I'm like, I didn't sleep for fucking 20, 20 days, and then I've been on. I haven't slept in two days. And now I popped up at the show, and I'm gonna sell lives. Like for now, what do I tell you every time I see you at the shows? Oh my like, oh, god! Nick, how are you? Oh, I haven't slept in three days. What's up? Pass yep. that bourbon. Exactly. Every time, every time I talk to Nick, I'm like, he's like, oh yeah, I haven't slept for three days. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I haven't slept for three days. I'm like, how are you standing, bro? Like, what the hell? And he's just drinking his bourbon. I'm like, God With damn. the bourbon in one hand and the coffee in the other. And I'm like, oh, I made like 16 knives within the week to get here. But it all yeah. works out. It'll be yeah, great. He, I'll sleep tomorrow. And he, that's what he, he says that every single time. Just like, oh, yeah, I'll sleep tomorrow. Like, what? No, bro, you need to sleep now. Like, go home. <laughs> I'm already here. It's cool. <laughs> oh, man. And, and then you, you check out Nick's knives and they're all perfect. And you're like, how? I, this guy didn't sleep for freaking 20 days. How did you even do this? On illusion. Oh, CNC, my guy. Yeah, shows are so stressful. I mean, you, 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 you tell yourself, all right, you're going to start here and you should be golden by then. No, never happens, dude. It's a, you. As much as you try to plan for a show, it never works out the way you that you you plan it. I don't know why it just it just happens. I, uh, that sounds right. So for now, the key is just don't sleep. That was right. True. Don't sleep. It all works out. Waste so much time sleeping. You waste <laughs> so much time those eight hours. You don't need those. You don't need <laughs> yeah. that. I'm telling you, you don't need that. No, I think no. the first the first year, which I think was 2019, Kentucky, Elijah and I met Nick at his shop. No, no, no. Elijah, for some reason, you flew in. in 2018. So last year. Oh, yeah, so you're you right. 2018. So Elijah, Elijah flew into New York. I drove down. We met Nick at his shop. And basically, there was like two days of total nonsense where Nick never slept. And then the morning that I drove us to Kentucky, I woke up. Elijah was still asleep and I couldn't find Nick. And he was in the grinding room inspecting his grinds. I'm like, bro, we have to leave in like four hours in order to get to Kentucky. And he's like, I'm on it. I'm on it. Just like, just give me five more minutes. I'm like, oh, my God, you haven't slept at all. Because I have a bedroom at the shop, so Elijah was sleeping on in the bedroom, and then Jeremiah was sleeping on the couch in the lunch area, and then I was just the I was, I was running oh, the CNC and the tub. <laughs> it's a table and couches. Uh, I'm running mm-hmm. the CNC, trying to finish up some pocket clips for those knives. I'm running the tumbler, tumbler handles, and grinding blades. Yeah, I like and, vaguely woke up maybe and was like peeked around the corner, and like Nick is just like furiously like running back and forth fi- finishing things so jeremiah when, when you told him you have to leave did he give you that look where he's like just like, glazed over yeah yeah totally completely glazed over i was like bro we have like four hours i just woke up you obviously haven't slept i was like i don't know what i can do probably nothing but like we have to meet this deadline of leaving because like so we were in new york and i was i think it was friday or maybe thursday yeah, it, and i was, was like in order to be there we ended up sleeping at john's that night 
Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's right. We had planned to go to John Gray's. So I was like, yo, like we got to do this. And Nick is like, dude, like two more hours. No, I he, got he, this. He mixed, I'm like, he, oh he my God. So what happened was we actually left Wednesday. I didn't sleep. We drove up an hour and a half to John Gray's shop. And I didn't sleep that whole day too because oh, me and John yeah, were making funny. a collab. You were actually collab, so Nick. Yeah, oh my god! Share a fucking air mattress at John's because I was like pumping on the couch. Like John's, like here's an air mattress for you. I'm like the pump would be nice. It's like (laughs) no pump. I totally forgot that. And then Nick, Nick and John Gray left at like 4 a.m. to go to John's shop. Yeah, and then to continue working. Oh my god! Yeah, we went over and we're like, what's good? Like I'm about to, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah, Nick was freaking out with like a headlamp on. There was like no electricity, and like him and John were just. Oh my god, that was like, in the shop, right? Because you're SCD. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, was, I, I, was, oh I was freaking god. out because I wasn't sleeping. I was still fine. I was freaking out because I just I, I keep working in a John shop because it's like I don't know where anything is, and they're like shit's just all over the place. And then he also has a big ass shop, and at that time something happened with the ballast and his lights. So we had to work with headlamps because there, there was, was no only power. light for the giant shop. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there was power, but there was just no lighting. That was it. <laughs> Nick's oh, I wasn't freaking out because I wasn't sleeping. <laughs> no, I, I, I get in the zone. After, after I don't sleep after 24 hours, I'm in the zone because if I stop working, that's when I go to fall asleep. So I have to just not stop. So I get... I end up like putting having a double output because at that point there's no daydreaming, there's no get on Instagram. If I sit down to get on Instagram after 24 hours, I, I nod off. So the goal yeah, is after right to sleep. Hour 24 to 48, you just 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 run it. No, that's not normal, Nick. That's it's not totally normal. normal. We're not, not all normal. At all. I've always done well, that. Totally that's normal. true. Look. <laughs> How many years have you told me? I've always been normal. The only time I, my body has left humanity is uh, uh, the last U.S. Century on Friday. Oh, geez. That, that, I want to stab someone at the ne- in the neck, that show. Because what happened was I didn't sleep. I got everything done. But then I flew into Vegas four days early. So I partied in Vegas for four days before the show even started. Death sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rob never made it to the show because the hurricane, so he gave me his table. I wasn't supposed to exhibit. And I was like, well, I have knives on me. I guess I'll exhibit. And I'm like, I didn't plan for any of this. It's supposed to be my vacation. Completely by the books. Yeah, it was total, <laughs> total culture. I'm telling you, everybody just knife shows wrong. We do it right. This is how it should be done. <laughs> write write that down. Yeah. <laughs> write that down. Game plan. Write that That's, down. <laughs> my new bumper sticker: "You knife show wrong, we knife show right." That's, <laughs> no sleep, and then just fucking burn it to the ground, and then show up, and then explosion, sell knives, pass out for four hours, repeat, 14. and that's it. So the first forty-eight hours after that, you're golden, right, nigga? Yeah. <laughs> Every year, I tell myself I'm going to take a one day break before Blade Show because like, Blade Show's only when you really need the energy. No, yeah, it, it never, it's never happened. It's no. usually I'll work right up. Uh, I'll work right up to the show, and then I'll because I always drive to Blade Show, so it's no sleep and then drive 14 yeah. hours to Blade Show. Yeah, and then I'll, I'll catch up on. I'll get like a nap during the show during the drive. 
Uh, but it's always like, I'll take that one day prior off. But that's, I, it's like the day will come. It's like, oh, I made enough knives. But I'm like, oh, there's three more knives on that bench that are like in finishing stages. I could either leave those or like, no, if I just finish and not sleep for 20 hours before I fly out, drive out, like I've got three more knives on that, that. That's a decent paycheck. Oh, yeah, let's, let's do it. I'm like, oh, shit. Every show that Nick goes to, he goes, he told me how many he brought. And then he'll go, yeah, I probably won't sell any of them. And then at the end of the show, I'm like, so how'd you do? He's like, oh, I sold out. <laughs> it's surprising how, yeah. No, I, I've seen that. Nick's like, I don't know. This is going to be a shitty show for me. I'm like, okay, cool. Like he says that two every days show. later, like, it's gone. Like, bro, you sold out. Like, it's because, it. like, in recent years, I've been bringing a lot. And whenever you bring over 10, it's like, this is a lot of knives. So that's like always like, uh, I feel like I don't think I'm going to sell out. I don't think I'm going to sell anything. Yeah, that's so why you guys will never get it. Like, like, you guys saw, you guys have only seen it once because you guys stayed with me the two days before Kentucky. So you guys have saw it from now. Like that's me every show, and like like I said, we did eleven shows last year. So that was me every three to four weeks. I would just not sleep for a couple of days before. I'm like, I got to get all this done because this is my paycheck for the last two. Because usually you don't get paid for like two three weeks before a show. Yeah, because you're exactly. building inventory. Right. So it's like you don't sell out. That's why every show you hear me. It's like oh, I need ten knives. This is a month worth of income. I don't think I'm a sell. I'm a sell shit, and it's like that's what. And then, like I haven't slept, so it's like was not sleeping again is not worth it because like this is my month's income, and then thankfully like I'll sell stuff. But to maker, it's a different story there. Yeah, but the thing with 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 me or every maker, I feel like every year you become slower at building a knife, not because you're not working hard. It's because you're fit and finish and just you're let's say OCD I I guess just your perfectionism I guess is that a word Um, it just goes up so every single year like I used to be able to make a knife a folder in like a day and a half right now for like plain titanium pocket clip satin blade right day and a half now that same knife will take me three days because you're not happy with this you're not happy with that this doesn't look good so you take those ex- that extra time to to make sure that's perfect you know so every show that i do it's like harder to do because you know it just takes longer to make a knife and it's like frustrating because you were able more over here no i don't i i i'm kind of i don't know if it, the market's weird it's just you know you gotta learn what's hot you know like a couple years ago it was all timascus remember that everybody wanted timascus and yeah, then i never followed the market though. every time i did that i was like i don't want to follow the market don't follow the market don't figure out what's hot create the market yeah, well, I mean, but that's what sells. That's what people want. That's what they order. It's like, I want Timascus. So it's like back then you'd like get orders. Like, I want Timascus. I want Timascus. I want Timascus. It's like, okay. And then following year, so I want OD Green Micarta. You know? Um, but I. Like, well, like, for example, how many, how many Timascus frame locks do you think I've made in my 10 year career? I don't know. I've never made one. Well, you're slacking. Yeah, he's I, never I, I, get, I, I get an email at least once or twice a month. Hey, man, like, can I get like a full time Ascus frame? Them K1. I'm like, uh, no. 
Well, yeah, I maybe I'll make you. one. I'll put you down on the list. I think is what Nick is doing with like just holding it off and be like, yeah, I'll make one maybe. Yeah, maybe. No, I put them on a special list for them. I'm like, if I do make it, because every time I do make something like that, I always lose money on it. Like at the end of the day, like I love what I do. We love what we do, but it's a business. Yeah. Also, I don't follow trends. Yeah. It keeps people thirsty for the time askers. See, yeah. It, It takes me longer to make a knife, right? But I never raised my prices up from well, the first two years were were my cheap prices because I'm a new maker, you know. So then after that you go up to what a basic knife is, what, seven fifty, eight hundred? It's a basic frame lock. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, in that in that neighborhood, yeah. In that neighborhood. Well, we yeah, when that. I first started it was five fifty. Five fifty was the price for everybody back then. Right. So just like gas and a gallon of milk, everything goes up. Cost of living goes up. So naturally you have to go up in price just to compensate for that. So when I switched over to that area, I was making the knife in a you know day and a half. I'm still making that same knife, but it's taking me three to four days now, but the same price. And I, I've thought about raising it, but then I'm like, that just Jeremy Marsh is. I think his basic frame lock is eight hundred bucks. Cool, but like, when do you see something? That's the thing. People make that argument, but then like, I never see him make a basic frame lock. Right, but Marsh, I've seen plenty of them. I mean, if you ask him, that's what you're gonna pay. I saw one. Somebody showed me. Walked up at a show. I was like, yo, check it out. I just scored it. And I'm like, that's cool. And it was completely plain. It was like the plainest Marsh I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And Marsh, Marsh to me is just, he's like. He's my Marsh, favorite, mate. Marsh is 40 something minutes away from me. Um, oh, shit. So you're up in Grand Rapids? Uh, I'm out of Grand Rapids. I'm like 30 minutes away from Grand Rapids. He's, he's out of Grand Rapids also. He's, mm-hmm. but it takes me like 45 minutes to get to him. So um, you're up there with Jeff too? Yeah, Jeff Vandermeulen and um, uh, Court. I'm with him too. Schwartz is like two hours away from me. Schwartz. Uh, Which yeah. one? Uh, Ryan Schwartz. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy is, is um, one of my favorites, if not my favorite maker. Yeah, uh, he's my favorite maker. Just his style, um, but he also scares the living shit out of me. Wow, he's such a nice guy. I spent like Kentucky twenty eighteen. I was we were sharing tables next to each other, and like I spoke to him and his wife the entire time. He's no, the only no. I like. I still feel nervous about like approaching. Yes, that that too. Um, I met him my first blade show also, and uh, I talked to him. But um, we're cool now, but. He is. He's to me. He has that rock star aura to him. You know, just kind of. There's a slight intimidation involved because of the designs. That's all. Yeah, and I, it, for me, it's just like uh, good, yeah. starstruck because he's just so good. You know, um, his execution on everything is like perfect, and it's something I want to get to and i know it's gonna take time and 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 stuff like that but he's just he yeah he probably is my favorite maker i can't think of somebody else that tops his stuff 
I felt that way kind of with Ken Onion when I first started talking to him, but after five minutes of talking with him, I was like, yeah, this is just some like hillbilly that's just like yeah. doing shit. I mean, it's just, you know. See, the thing with me and, and Marsh that we kind of click is, is, is guns. He likes guns. And um, he has this 1911 that he hasn't made yet. Just sit on his bench. I was like, dude. So as soon as this coronavirus crap goes over, um, I'll go up there and help him build it because I've built like four. I'm gonna build another one here. And do you do you do any professional shooting? Do you like three gun or anything like that? No, I just not enough time, dude. I don't. I I, I enjoy shooting a lot. Um, I I do want to do shooting competition, but. Um, it's just not enough time in the day for that. People don't get it. We don't, we don't get into life making because we're going to make a ton of money, money and have a lot of free no. time. It's like, no. I tell my friends all the time what nine to fives. I'm like, I probably make less money than you and I still work a hundred hours a week. Yeah. It's the only benefit I get to work for myself and I get to make something cool with my hands. Yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah, we, don't, we don't make a ton of money off of the, the knives, really. No, no hell no. We get to make our own. Schedule. He, in my case, I get to do whatever the hell I want. Fernando has gets more family time if he needs it. Yep. Yep. Just classical artisans, you know, just constantly complaining about the money, but making cool shit. I love it. It's good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. No, it's, like, it's Fernando, what's your what's what's your favorite material to work with? Like synthetic or or natural materials? I haven't done much of the wood stuff. Um. But I love wood. I, I've been uh, really watching on YouTube those wood turning things, you know, where they, oh, yeah. and they make oh, the, yeah. the bowls. I just find it fascinating, man. It's like it's a piece of wood, you know. But I then, wanted to turn something out wood laid. yeah, me too. And and you look at it and you see the wood, and it has all this different, just winding lines, and just you, you look at it, and you're like, man, nature made that. It's like freaking beautiful, you know? It's just, it amazes me. And the different colors and shades, it's just, it's super cool. So I, I find wood very appealing, very awesome. I know it's not the best on a knife, on a folder. Um, so after wood, I think my favorite would be Micarta. I love Micarta. Um, I hate carbo quartz. That's the devil. I hate that shit. Um, carbo quartz. Yeah, carbo quartz is just dog shit. Dog shit. I hate I never, it. I've never understood it. I'm like, it's just so expensive. I'm like, you just get you need the actual almost the same thing. I finally introduced myself to the guy at um the the uh fucking TKI. Yeah, Nashville. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. Jim something. Yeah, but the. You know the cardboard quartz guy that he's like he can only sell it or some shit or yeah he, he bought the right just to sell it within the U.S. Yeah, which is uh pretty cool. I mean, Richard Mill makes their watches out of that shit. So yeah, I mean it it it's just uh I hate working with it. I don't know anything about it. It the, is that dust gonna fucking give me cancer in three years? Well, you know. Here's the thing with that. I don't think that was ever invented to be worked by hand. That's what I mean. So working with it, it's not. fucking scary. Yeah, because those reshored mill watches, those are all CNC, one hundred percent. Like, there's no hand yeah. touching those except for like fitting and 
shit. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that people create new materials thinking about how it's going to be made or manufactured. They're just worried mm-hmm. about how it looks and the outcome. They're not like, oh, I wonder how this is going to grind or how this is going to mill. They're just like, dude, this is going to look fucking badass. Watches and have these women like lick the uh, the paintbrushes. Yeah, pretty, it's yeah, all good. pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like if I call Westinghouse, and I'm like, look, like, can I get a spec sheet for this material? They'll give it to me and they'll have tests for it. Uh, there's no tests uh-huh. or spec sheets for marble quartz. Yeah, so it's just a bespoke ass material. You don't know what's going on in there, dude. I mean, you you, you grind. I have a small shop, right? And I <clears throat> I wear my gas mask or my fate filter, whatever you want to call it, the fucking thing you put over your face sure. and you breathe clean air. You know, you put that on and you're grinding away, but it's on your skin. It makes me itch like crazy. Um, uh, carbon fiber does that normally. Yeah, um, carbon fiber is. I hate that shit too. I love how it looks and yeah, it works it's easy. My, it's my favorite material, but I hate working with it. Yeah, I it, after Micarta, it, carbon fiber is awesome. Um, but carbo cord scares me because I don't know what the hell it is. But carbon fiber is just as bad. You know? Yeah, the, it's, it's probably it's probably even worse. You don't get like carbon fiber. It's not meant to be bought in sheets and sanded and shaped. Like there's a reason that they usually mold it to shape, and that's the finished product. Like what we knife makers do when people are oh, okay, I get carbon fiber. And it's like, oh, why is like a titanium frame lock and the carbon fiber frame lock the same price? I'm like, carbon fiber should cost fucking more. Like, yeah, I'm risking my health here. I have to wear gear. I have to usually I wear different clothes for it. When yep. I walk into my house, clothes go right into a bag. I and right. I start itching. Yep. Your hands are stained for about three days, no matter how many times you wash them. Yep. Well, like, there's, like people don't get that. I'm like, no, that shit sucks. Like, uh, Jeremiah knows I just had to cut a bunch of carbon fiber, and like my machine, my, my CNC was disgusting. And it took yeah. me about 10 hours to feed it. I don't know. I, I have a bunch of like actual Ivorite Westinghouse, and I barely ever use it because I'm like, I don't, I like these people aren't going to pay me enough money to work with something that was made in the 50s when like everything had lead and asbestos in it. Yeah, that's the fun stuff. Nice. But nobody thinks about that. No, like I have a bunch of true Westinghouse. And like I'm like, oh, I'm going to use it. And it's like, ah, no one's going to pay. Like I know people are paying a premium for it because the true stuff doesn't exist. And then there's people who are lying. Like, oh, it's Westinghouse. But it's like I could tell. I'm like, that's not the real Westinghouse nonsense. They're just. Okay. Yeah. I made a, I made a knife. I made a, a knife, a, a Hellcat. And the guy sent me the Westinghouse. And he said, yeah, it's real Westinghouse. I said, uh, no, it's not. He goes, yeah, the made guy that I, when we say Westinghouse, goes, we're not referring just made by Westinghouse. Yeah, he goes, so the guy said it was Westinghouse. It's the, the antique Westinghouse. I said, no, it's not. I can tell how how it worked and how it, it finished was not the same. Um, you've, so, used, but, you've used a bunch of the original stuff. Yeah, I did. Are you a, uh, a materials guy? You like materials more or design more? That's a good question. I don't know if I ever thought about it. Uh, uh, usually makers tend to like appreciate and have more fun with the process of like deciding what materials to choose. Seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Because definitely if somebody says, oh, I want to work with cardboard cords, I'm like, oh, fuck. Damn it. Why couldn't it just be Micarta? If it's Micarta, I'm all happy. I'm good. Yeah, I'm just learning the power of the word no. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally okay on my guy. Like, yeah, I need a sale, but like, I'm totally okay. Telling I'm like, look, I might not like, if I try to convince someone, like, I don't, I'm like, I don't want to do that. And I want to do this. And like, they're really pushing it. I, I, I'm totally fine saying, I, I literally just sent the email. I'm like, look, I'm probably not the knife maker for you. Yeah. And I try to it took appease me, everybody. It took me a while to be, to, to do that, It'd be comfortable with saying just no, but I'm like, no, like, I'm the artist. I get to decide how I want my work to look. Yeah. Um, I've, I've started to get that way. Um, I try my best to, to, you know, say, you know, you want this, let's go with this instead where it kind of looks the same, but you're not spending a buttload on material. Yeah. Like I wouldn't like art's not a democracy. I'm not going to let somebody else don't let someone else tell you what to, you know, how to make your shit. Right, that too, you know, or you know, oh, make the Hellcat, but I want this, like this, and this. It's just like no, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> like, if you want that, then you buy it. <laughs> yeah, this is not a Hellcat. Well, that's anymore. that's a good that's a good segue. So, um, Fernando, where where do you stand vis a vis custom orders, or do you make on speculation? How, how do you sort of how have you worked at uh, developing over the years? Uh, no, I just, I've never made a custom knife that the customer des- designed. Um, just because, like, they design it and then you make it and it doesn't look like what they wanted. It's just, I feel like it's more of a headache. You know, because cause most of the time people cannot see or visualize what they have in their head. You know, you know what I mean. Like they'll say, "Oh, I want this," and I want this. Well, I'll usually guide them. Like they'll tell me they want these materials, and be like, "Look, like I don't think that might look right. Let's anodize this color, this color, and it'll look great." Like someone wanted recently, like Damascus accents, so collars clipped in spacer, and then they wanted it to be like green and uh, right. blue anodizing. And I'm like, "Let's go with blue and bronze anodized frames." And it came out killer. And he's like, "Yeah, you were right." And like just the build that he had, I was like, "This might look like." Right, and I I have a I I can probably when I start a project I can usually see how it's going to finish, you know, before I get into it. So it's like I can visualize it and see, you know, how it's going to end up. <clears throat> the only variation is is the the grind because it's always something different, you know. But most of the time I can see exactly how the materials are going to be, or you know how. The, how it's going to turn out. And whereas the customer sometimes, uh, most of the time they don't know how it's going to turn out with what they have in mind. You know, like how Nick said, yeah, I want this weird color with this weird color. And then I want these accents. Like what? Like, I feel like a lot of those are like heavily influenced by their surroundings. Like, I feel like, unless they're a highly seasoned collector with like years of custom yeah, knife exactly. collection, yep. they're really just kind of seeing what their friends have. And they're like, shit, I like this guy's knives. I want something like that. You know, and I'm not, it's not a blame. It's not a blame game on that one. It's totally reasonable. Like you're getting into it. You get really excited about it. And you're like, man, right. I'd love a red Ferrari. Yeah. And then six months later, you're like, dude, red Ferraris are garbage. Like I can't drive this shit anywhere. Exactly. And, and then you kind of like, you, you fall into what you like. Right. Ferrari, and, you know, the only car that should be yellow. Uh, garbage fire. 
Italian yeah, cars are garbage fires. How can you do it? Okay, again, you're, this is a tangent. It was a, it was just a it was not. We're not getting into that conversation. Okay, garbage fire. Anyway, but yeah, collectors sometimes they get overwhelmed. <laughs> I can hear the comments already. He said, "Fucking Italian cars are garbage fires." Well, I'm pretty sure garbage garbage fires. Have ever you know set foot in an Italian car. So just yeah. gonna put that out there. No, but, but like for answer, it's all about visualizing. Because like for example, like I've been trying to teach my like my dad is like, oh, I want you to build this, and I'm like, that's gonna look like a hot garbage fire. Uh, so I designed that imp that's like a two inch frame lock for my dad to make makers choices. I'm like, look, here here we're working on batches of ten. Write down a list and tell me how you want to finish each one of these. And usually I'll approve like seven out of ten. And I'm like that's gonna look like garbage. And I'm like I want him to come up with the the build so that way when he finishes it, he could start visualizing it. Yeah, and like come up with some things recently. Now, like I didn't think of, I'm like, oh, look, pretty cool. Now they starting to get it. He's he's done about like sixty of those builds where he came up with the idea for it. No, we right. did. That's cool. And I started to visualize stuff more. But back in before, he was like, oh, let's go with this, this, and that. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, I don't really like gold anodizing. It kind of looks weird. I hate it. Oh, yeah. He, he was really he was Russian Jew, so he was like really into like, oh, it's it looks anodized. All these wow. titanium screws, gold. And I'm like, yeah. Hey, Bad and bougie. Like, to make everything gold. Gold Ooh, and black. Like, bad and bougie. Everything gold. Oh, jeez. I think I did My that. My friend is jeweler. I, I think I did that for a customer. He was like, yeah, I want this. It was some absurd colors. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, I think it'll look badass. I'm like, okay. And it, I think it was just anodizing. It was a basic... Uh, Hellcat. He wanted it one color, then stonewashed one color, and then stonewashed again for a different color. And I'm like, it's going to look like complete garbage. So I <clears throat> I was like, oh, geez. I told him, and he's like, no, 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 it'll look good, I promise. So I did it, and I, I took a picture, and I sent it to him. I said, I'm not, this is not leaving my shop. This looks like complete ass. And he sees the picture, he's like, oh, you're right. What do you think would look good? Oh, jeez. I've done that once where a customer is adamant. Because like I told you, like if I don't think the build's going to look, I only work on mainly like 80% of what leaves my shop is all custom orders. Yeah. So I'll usually, if I read through it, I'm like, I don't, this might not look good. And I'll follow up with the guy. And like there was this one guy who was like really adamant about the build. And I was like, you know what? Whatever. I'll build it. Because it's customers gets final say. Just I usually I was like trying to like massage his idea to where I'm like, this might look a little better. And it'll be pretty close to what you want. So yeah. I built it for the guy and I sent him a photo and like, I could just tell he's like, usually it's like, wow, it looks amazing. Like I could kind of tell he's like, oh, it's not that nice. And because I, I made it, I was like, oh, it's not that nice. Yeah, it looks like, <laughs> he's like, can guy. you redo it? And I'm like, look, man, like I, I, I finished it. I've sharpened it's ready. Like I could redo whatever you want, but I'm going to have to charge you for like refinishing grades because I told you it's not going to look good. And I did it and I put the work into it. Right, and like so, I ended up charging him and re- make, refinishing everything. Like I was like, I'm like at a point, like I was like, I could just do it, but I'm like, no, nah, I have to charge him because like I was really trying to talk him out of it, and I was like, no, nah, I have to charge him. He paid, and, and I read it, I read the knife, and I and I hate saying I told you so, but then like sometimes you get customers and you're just like, yeah, I fucking told you. It's like, listen, <laughs> I don't have to tell. Him I told you so. I'm like, I like here's the bill. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Well, which you already had the doing. time invested. It's not unreasonable. Yeah, which I hated doing. I'm like, I mean, I'm not trying to scout no. the guy, but like, I really told you I didn't like, I'm building it to order. So I'm like, no. 
Like if I told you no, it's like because you wanted a certain like anodizing. I'm not gonna tell you no. It's like if you want those colors, cool. It's a color. But like if you wanted a specific material like layout or something like that, or like a specific like resanding, maybe then I'll say no. Uh, like for anodizing, cool. It's like it's not that hard to refinish. I'll do whatever you want, but I'll try to talk you out of it if I don't think it's gonna look right. Because sometimes yeah. colors, I'm, I'm more of a grayscale guy, so like. Maybe they like gold and blue and green on the same knife, but like if I could just know it's gonna look like baby barf, like it's like no. Yeah, or or I get something where I know I'm not gonna be good at, like <clears throat> like Brian Efros or even Matt Christensen. They do the um that dark rub with the acid wash blade, and then they do a hand rub on it. Hmm. I do something I, similar. Yeah, dark rub looks nice. I can't do it. I can't do it. the way they do it too, where they just kind of do one or two strokes, and it's mainly still acid wash. That doesn't work for me either. I do a full rub out to where it turns gray, and like it's fully like if you look at, it, I call it ash rubbed because it's more like if you took like some ash, put on knife, and rub that. Yeah. So See, I tried the way they did it, but I could never make it look right because it never goes into the plunge correctly, and just I'm not a fan of how I, I just do don't like. I just I I just don't do it. Uh, one thing I'm like okay for me, Matt. And Brian do it the best. I haven't seen very many other people do it. So they asked me if I could do it. Maybe I could figure it out. I'm pretty sure I could figure it out. But I'm like, in my head, it won't look as good as Matt's or Brian's. So I won't do it. I, I don't know. If, you know, the, this is some finishes where I see other makers do it. And they're it's so good where... If I try to do it, I know it's not going to be as good, so I, I refuse to do it. No, like I've tried, I've tried it with like the way that, that I, I called up Matt. I was like, "Yo, how are you doing? Are you just taking a Scotch Brite pad and lightly rubbing that?" It's pretty much exactly what I thought. I tried it and I didn't like how it looks, so then I modified it into my own way, and that's how I do it now. Because I don't right. really offer hand rubs on compound ground tantos, too many bevels. <sighs> which I, nowadays I offer it, but I charge like out the ass for it to where like I really don't want to do it, and if you want it, it's going to be this much. It's hard, dude. Hand rubbing is hard, and it takes hours. I don't mind hand rubbing because I used to make kitchen knives, so I used to do a lot of hand rubbing on knives, but it's the compound ground tantos where it's like, well, yeah. I got to do the, be- the bevel, the tip, the swedge, and like inevitably end up scratching something. And having There's a pads. lot of surfaces there. Yeah, it's too yeah. many angles, too so many. Yeah. For a long bends. time, I used to say no, and then at, once I started making those sanding blocks, I, I started doing it. But then, even then, I'm like, honestly, I don't want, I like on the compound ground stuff. I don't want to do it. And if you really want it, it's going to be 250 bucks. Yeah, it's, it's expensive. See, I don't, I don't even mind that. I love hand rub satin. Mm-hmm. I like hand rub satin like, over a mirror polish. I hate. I will. Like, not, I, just, I won't do a mirror polish. Fuck that. I won't do it. Mm. There's absolutely no reason it's, for mirror polish. Yeah. No. None. Yeah, I, I don't know that a mirror polish really shows anything in particular other than the fact that I rubbed the steel long enough so it like. On a molecular level, it reflects things. But That's a hand rub satin, I respect that on a custom knife. Yeah, yeah. Like a hand rub satin is nice. It, it is. But a mirror polish is too much. A mirror polish is like, wow, I'm looking oh, at a fucking mirror. It's chrome plated. Great. Awesome. Hand rub satin is like, this took a man a day of his life to do. And I yep. respect that. And I'm totally willing to pay for it. I don't mind. Like yeah. hand rub satin is a legit custom knife finish. It is. And I, I agree. I 100% and I have only done a few and people said that it, my hand rub satin is good. And I'm just like, man, I do freaking build with it. I remember on a Hellcat, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. I did that one, but I, it's not as good as like Gary McGinnis or, 
or uh, who else? Jerry or um, who else does a good hand rub finish? Uh, I would say Tashi. Yeah, and Walter Randolph does a good one too. Well, probably the best hand rub in the business is uh, Michael Raymond. I agree. Yeah, and yeah. See, that, and I, I've I seen tried. some great Scott Cooks with hand rub satin. Yeah, he's I, I like I like that that blade. I like in a hand rub satin a lot. I, I yeah, I strive to be that good, and it's, it's hard. So let's get let's get jump back on front. So front, what's what are you what's what are you, what are you doing nowadays with the virus and what, like what are your plans for twenty twenty in in the career? New designs, new builds. What's um, so. I have uh, with the virus. They took me out of the gym, so I'm kind of going stir crazy. Um, at, you know, home workouts are just not as the home workout is just like trying to maintain as much as possible. But it, you're it, not. It, they suck. There's too many like distractions. Yeah, you're not building anything, so that's annoying. But I did have. I do have this little prototype that I made our G10. And it's a little bastard. I think the blade is only two inch. Um, it was a fun build. So literally, what, everything I'm building right now is a two inch frame lock. <laughs> but but it sucks because I have to change everything smaller. So I have to figure out all that yeah, jazz. So I guess I'll be calling you, Nick, and, and seeing what your setup is. Um, because the quarter inch ain't gonna cut it. But uh, I I do think- have. I do have a nice little cutout and I think it looks pretty sick. So it's small and dainty. So maybe, maybe I can make something small, you know, but we'll see. It's hard. Um, you get it. It, that, that imp that I'm making right now, it went through f- about four or five iterations. And I thought at a certain point I was going to give up. It's I couldn't, it took me a while to get everything to fit in there using eight, the, the, the like, stock items like eighth inch bearings eighth inch pivots i had yeah. to step down to three thirty seconds of the stop pin and then even yeah. that i had to make about four blades until i got a flipper tab that worked on such a Correctly. small frame and not looking at like uh the first one worked but it just looked giant and looked out of place and then like the, the next ones were all too small or too sharp or you had to like your hand had to cramp up to hold it and those designs, like people don't get it. Like those small knives are hard to design to still function in the full size hand. Yeah, and exactly. And that, and this, I I started in 2019. It was uh right after it was before I wanted to have it for Kentucky, but it was wasn't working correctly. So I tweaked this, tweaked that, tweaked this, and I I think I got it. Uh, it works in G10, but making it in titanium. And trying to get, you know, the right blade to handle ratio is hard too. You know, I hate, there's nothing like seeing a big handle and a tiny blade, you know? Mm. Um, that's just. Of the small knives, I made a compromise. The ratio is not as tight as my other stuff because you do need the hand, the handle to be a little longer sometimes right. to get a proper grip on it. That's what I mean. There's, getting that hand, that, that frame to blade ratio is hard and it's getting it to look correct. Handle ratio is that's the one of the in my opinion is one of the most important aspects of a folder. Exactly. And you your stuff is like insane. You're it's like all blade, all just crazy. And sometimes 
sometimes your blade looks way longer than the handle. And that sometimes just, it can be exposed blade. It's all about like kind of fucking with that mixture of the uh, the front end of the of the handle. Yeah, it's crazy. As you you word for it over there. Uh, The biggest issue I have with the small knives, though, is getting everything to stay in the handle, like exposed detents and stuff like that. That gets a little bit to get the whole area up front in case. Exposed detent tracks in the ball and the the hole, I can't. I can't do it. Can't do it. No, I can't do it. I mean, just the track is okay. To me, still bothers me. Um, And I know some some designs you're gonna see the the track, but if I see no. that detent ball, I'm kind of, I'm turned off. Oof, that's it. That's it. I'm a, come on, tuck that detent track in, boys. Come yeah, on, it's nobody, just, ain't nobody want to see that. I I don't. Yeah, the most mostly all my designs work off the same mech for size range. I just kind of reuse the same internals. Yeah, and they're all they're all sealed, but there's no extra space in there, so they're always riding like the edge of the handle. Yep. So for one, the few times I use the mascus, like you have to get in there with, like with a scope and a nail polish to really oh, be yeah. careful. Yeah, you could do a uh, a design that's using the detent ball and track as the focal point, and then design around that, just like as an art piece or whatever. Do I like, like fuck shit up? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. What? I, huh? I just I'm not, can't. I'm not talking about functional stuff here, Nick. I'm talking about like then you start getting into like sculptural design and shit. I just I just can't do it, man. If I see it, it's done. <laughs> yeah. Won't buy it. Right. Just no, uh, sometimes it's it's best to just it's you want it to be clean when you fire the blade. I'm sorry. I don't want to see a detent track. I don't want to see the detent for the ball. I don't want to see like this dragging thing across the Damascus. Just keep it clean. There's no reason to have that. A a well-designed knife can hide the mechanics so it operates well and cosmetically is pleasing to the eye. There's only one thing that's worse than that. And for now, I know what I'm talking about. It's something I haven't seen in a while. But back when we started, this was a common thing that happened with some new makers. Uh, the detent ball falling off in the choil. And you know what I'm talking about, Fernando, when there's that mid-click? Because yeah. it falls off in the choil. I'm like, yeah, no. I haven't seen them in a long time. Yeah. But back then, that was kind of like, that would happen a lot to guys. I'm like, you, like, you don't, it's like clicking halfway through because the lock's engaging in your toil. Yep. That's what happens when you don't know how to design knives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I sure. had a, I had a, a knife design that did that and made the whole knife in it. I was like, oh crap. This was the my infancy of making it. It's just like the MK1, the first one did that, and I was like, oh shit, okay, I'll never do that again. Uh yeah, exactly. Then you have to move the detent and stuff like that. My my Hellcat geometry is like for me perfect. So I almost all my other knives have the same geometry inside. But like when I was making them, some some of them will have a different geometry, and it's like for some reason I thought you have to do something different because see people are gonna notice. But like, no, nobody notices. You know, it's like so I just switched over everything over to the to the same geometry, and it all works in my knives. It's like, uh, easy. yeah, I got about three geometries that I you know, that I use in different different size of a knife, like width and length. Yeah, I'll just kind of pop those in. That's where I start. I'll use that geometry, yeah. pivot, stop pin, lock face, detent. Well, because you know it's, it's tested and it works good. It's tested, it works good, but I also design them in a way to where you, they they physically can't have lock rock. Yeah. 
Like they, they just you can't. Yeah, there's not enough lock surface to where you could have you can make it have lock rock. It'll never wear in to have lock rock. It's really hard to fuck up. What's your next show? Where where are we gonna see you next? The the only show that I know for certain that I'm doing is, is Kentucky. Um I wanna do another one, but it's gonna be a smaller show. I won't do a huge show. I just I like bringing my family with me. And um, I just like how personal it is. I can actually spend more than two minutes talking to whoever's giving me a thousand dollars for a knife. You know, <clears throat> people like buying things from friends or somebody they feel comfortable with. You know, I don't. I'm not going to feel comfortable giving some Joe Smo a thousand dollars and just. You know, it feels better when you're like, oh, you know. We know each other. Here's a thousand bucks. Give me the knife. You know, you're supporting someone you know. It's just that's what the whole thing is. When there's a large purchase involved, but you can chill with the maker, it's very personable. Like you feel a connection to the thing that you're buying. Yes, exactly. You know, just have a beer together. We'll shoot the shit and and have a good time. You know, that's to me the best part, though. Yeah, I mean, in a way, included in the price. Right. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I'm going to hang out with you regardless if you gave me a thousand bucks, you know, if you, if you like my shit and, and, and we vibe, I'll hang out with you, you know? So, um, so where can people find you? Um, so I have, I've taken a Instagram hiatus. I just, it's just becoming too much, man. Um, just 23,000 followers, my man, you got to keep them entertained. Yeah, I guess I guess I should jump back on there. Uh, but most most of it's just on Facebook. I'm I'm on there. Um, lately, I haven't been too active. Uh, just I've had a lot of shit going on. Um, a lot of shit. And most of the time with the coronas. Where can people find? What, what's your Facebook group called? Oh, uh, Medina Custom Knives. Um, just a group. I have a page, but the page is just. Junky. No one, no one uses no. their page. It's just it's mandatory yep. by the rules. <clears throat> so it's just the group Medina Custom Knives. I don't know how many people are in there. Um, so you can find him on Medina Custom Knives on Facebook. His Instagram is also, I believe, Medina correct. Custom Knives. Yep. And then um, you know, I've been thinking about doing. That was the best way to contact you. Uh, just email. Email is probably the best. So are you now? Are you currently so, taking custom orders? No. No, okay. not at the moment. I'm trying. I'm just trying to catch up because I've, I'm I'm behind. Everybody's behind, you know. Um, so I'm not taking any orders. I'm just gonna getting the ball rolling, getting everything going, and I'll make maybe make a, a like a lotto or something every. I try to every month, but um, I've been mainly just focusing on the on the custom orders. I have so many. It's weird, Nick. I don't mean to to start over, but uh, do you ever get this, Nick, where you you make a, like a knife and you never see that knife again? Yeah, about the, for the, all the knives that I made, like out of all the knives I made, my first three years, I've only seen two pop up. 
Like, where'd they go? I know I've made some badass ones, and I never see them. Some of these collectors, man, they just they, they go into collections that they're, a lot of these old guys collect, but they don't really do the, the social medias and those are some of the shows. Uh, they just they just go away to safes. Some guys buy a knife, and then um, they'll play with it for like two, three days. They'll get something new, and it goes in their safe to never come out again. Yeah, it's crazy. I wish I, I could see them because, like, you know, post them up on Facebook. Let me see it again, you know? Yeah, I but, try to take photos of every knife I make. Usually I don't post all those photos. I take them. I same. take photos of all the knives. And I'm like, I'll post it. I yep. don't. And I'm like, oh, I'll post this on Throwback Thursday. And I don't. Like, I have an on my Instagram, but there's not many knives on there. I probably show about every 10th or 15th knife I made, maybe. Yeah. Agree, which yep. is always a dead so, giveaway because when a maker does that, that's the knife they're actually happy with. <laughs> like, not, I mean, it's they, like if, if they want to do similar to something else, then I'm like, ah, there's no point to post this. Yeah, because most of the time it's like a basic one that you've already done ten times over. It's just like no point of showing it. Spicy, so, it's just like, uh, yeah. Yep. All right. So, so Facebook mainly hit you up on Facebook, see what's cracking. Yep. Join the yep. join the email. Facebook page. Email. What's the email? Yep. Uh, the Lionhearted eighty six at gmail dot com. Nice. Okay. So pester him there. He's not going to respond. Don't worry about it. It's not personal. He's a busy man. He's got a lot of shit going on. Uh, okay. Good. But Facebook, I like it. Um, Fernando, I. Uh, I want to say it's been it's been a blast to have you on. Uh, I appreciate you taking time and uh, and coming on here and talking with us. And oh, thank um, you for having. Me. Yeah, really dude. appreciate it. It's uh, it's it's always a pleasure to have somebody on here, you know, who's who's excited um, to really get down to the nitty gritty uh, about what they do every day. You know, because that's that's important. That's that's what we all do in our day to day. So you know. It's- funny because i don't normally to you know get to talk about it it's just what can you make me you know see that's that's what this is here for yeah yeah it's good times i'll do it again let's do a part two all right sure so on that note so it's nick chuprin um of ncc knives you could find me on ncc knives on instagram or my site nccknives.com you got to contact with me at nccknives at yahoo.com. And on that note, Nick Chuprin signing out. This has been Hamish Moyes, a.k.a. Elijah Isham, back at you for the return episode of Bladeology. I'm out. Everybody, I really appreciate you listening. This, is, uh, this has been another great episode of Bladeology. This is Jeremiah Burbank from PVK Vegas. Again, thanks for listening, and I'm out. Fernando, it's your turn. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Um, Fernando Medina with Medina Custom Knives. Uh, find me on my Facebook group, Medina Custom Knives. And uh, you can email me at thelionhearted86 at gmail.com. And thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> <laughs>